Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Trading Bitcoin with your host, Tone Days. Uh, really hope everything works uh, this time on the live stream, especially the one that I actually tweeted out. Um, I think everything is fine, but having problems with that the last couple of days. Um, just double checking here and uh, we're good. We're all set. Um, uh, I'm getting questions. Uh, I've been getting one question quite often. Um, uh, how can I get rid of the giant Zoom logo in the bottom right-hand corner? I've actually inquired about that with Zoom. And the answer I got was we've never heard anybody complain about that before, which is a weird, weird thing. Anyway, when I have more time, I will, uh, you know, I'm not exactly uh, a YouTuber with 8 million followers here to really complain to Zoom about this. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try again uh, one of these days. Um, all right. Um, let, let, sorry, no book, Bitcoin morning brief because there was no morning. I was on an airplane. Uh, so we're just going to get right into the price. You know what? My clothes are like still packed. I literally got into my apartment like 10, 15 minutes ago. Um, I just made a cup of tea and I'm still wearing, you know, Under Armour from the, you know, from the airplane that I was wearing in there. So figure, let me get the podcast out of the way and then um, I take it from there. And then I'll, you know, I actually unpack my bags and grab the normal hats. So I had to choose between, you know, make Bitcoin great again, make Ethereum immutable or the user activated software cat. Uh, so I went with this one. Um, all right. Uh, let's start. Oh, one more thing. Right. So, so, so here's my, here's my day. Here's how my last 24 hours went again. To answer the people that don't understand uh, trading and working, uh, here's my last 24 hours. Uh, wake up in the morning, pack clothes. Uh, it takes an hour and change to get to the Ukrainian airport. Uh, at least an hour and a half at the airport. 10-hour flight, at least an hour getting through customs in New York. At least two hours getting home from the airport. So that's about a 15-hour stretch where I had almost no internet usage, okay? And people expect me to be trading. That's actually really funny. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's what you have to deal with. Um, if you want to travel and, you know, be a Bitcoin evangelist. All right, let's talk charting. Uh, enough of me wasting uh, your time because uh, that's what you're all here for. Screen share. Um, I do have Corey helping me out with questions today. So... Um, Feel free to start throwing those in at some point, maybe not at the moment, but soon. And, um, and he'll compile the good ones for me. All right, here's the weekly chart. I believe today is Wednesday. So we are halfway into the week. Oh, I even forgot my typical disclaimers. Sorry, guys. Educational tools, learn trading. This is where you get all of this information because everybody keeps asking. Uh, the stuff you've never seen before in your life, if you're new to my channel, is thoroughly explained in section six. If all my free info is not enough, please click on the consulting tab. And if uh, my remote additional consulting information is not enough, please attend one of my seminars. I will be updating this tomorrow. I have had a few more signups. Um, San Francisco is obviously doing the best, um, but definitely check out. Uh, I'm going to be in Vancouver. Uh, these two are already over, the ones in Russian. Um, 
and by, and by the way, like you could purchase these videos. Uh, so check out the consulting section for that. Uh, and uh, San Francisco, Austin, Toronto, and Miami. Uh, that's where I'll be doing my seminars, along with speaking at a bunch of conferences that I'll talk about next time. All right, price. Uh, here's the weekly chart. Uh, the weekly chart is off its lows, uh, which actually to me means absolutely nothing. Uh, the weekly chart went bearish for a long-term uh, bearish trade as of um, earlier this week at the exact price of about 8,150 bucks. I like to round off my numbers for video purposes. About 8150, the weekly chart went bearish and it will remain bearish for at least two weeks. At least two weeks, right? Um, it could go to neutral. Actually, no, next week it can go to neutral, all right? But, uh, but we're bearish here, right? You wanna give your trades some room. Um, so if I was trading this of a weekly chart, I would probably set my stop loss above the high of last week. The high last week was 9,188 bucks. So let's say 9,200. So if I was putting in a long-term trade, I would set my stop loss at 9,200. The short edge tree would be at 9,150. Now I understand that is a $1,000 margin for about like 12 or 13%. Uh, wiggle room. Hey, don't leverage it too much. And that's how you do it. Okay. It's a weekly chart. Got to give it time. Now we are still significantly higher than the intra week close that took place the week of February 5th. However, if we close at current prices, see, I can't project how the weekly candle is going to close on Sunday. All I can say is if the weekly candle closes at current prices or lower, I remain bearish. If the weekly candle closes below 7,500, I remain, I, I become very bearish. The only, uh, I have, uh, the, I mean, I, I have already, uh, I'll, I'm gonna talk about the consolidation at this level uh, a little bit later, but um, I give it such a small probability that we bounce at this point, right? I mean, we have support at 75, 7,600, but this support has been so weakened um, on daily charts. And I can even see how the support has already weakened on weekly charts. Look, we initially bounced off 70, uh, I'm going to call it 7,600 uh, as a ballpark. In reality, I mean the $7,500 to $7,700 area. So I'm just going to call it $76. Sometimes I'll call it $75, but it's the same area. That area was initially support uh, the last, uh, the first week of February. Oh, sorry, the last week of January. This is the week of Jan 29th. Yeah, so pretty much the first week of February, right? Halfway. Um, it was initial support. This support was going to be very, very strong if we would have gone straight up from the $7,600 area. The following week, we broke that support and went all the way to $5,900, let's say $6,000, we're going to round, all the way to $6,000. We then rallied at the end of that week back to $8,000. And while this looked like a very strong rally, 
um, it always made me a little bit nervous because of the way the prior week bounced of 7,600. So now the 7,600 has been weakened a little bit more while the 6,000 was very strong resistance for a bounce. We then came back to $7,500 area the week of March uh, 12th and once again bounced off that area that I did not expect because of the trumped up non-news news event of the G20, which I thought was ridiculous. We bounced off that area for now, uh, I guess, two and a half times for the second time in full. And considering this is like a half, right? For me, in my mind anyway. At this point, 75, 7,600 is in insanely weak support and it is not going to hold. It's possible that it's going to hold, but statistically, it is not going to hold. Uh, therefore, the longer we consolidate in this area between 75 and 8,000, the bigger the drop is going to be. So once we hang around here long enough, we're going to then dip. Now, once we dip, and again, I, I, I'm, I'm saying this, I, I, I'm using the proper wording here. I'm saying uh, once we dip and when we dip, because I have about, I'm giving it about an 80% chance that we're going to dip below 7,500. It's just what the chart is telling me. It's not about hating on, well, you guys all know I love Bitcoin. I hate crypto, but hey, if the chart's bearish, the chart's bearish, all right? Now, I'm expecting a dip below 7,600. Once we dip below 7,600, um, the next piece of support is the 50-day moving average, which currently sits at 6,600, rising very rapidly. So if, this, um, if the price of Bitcoin can linger in the $7,600 area for the next three to four weeks, the weekly 50-day moving average will get into that $7,000 range, probably, right? Uh, I don't want to count 50 candles back. But um, uh, so if the 50-day moving average comes up to meet the price in the vicinity of this Fibonacci line of 7,600, that creates a very bad situation for Bitcoin. That means that the two support lines have just bunched up in an area of consolidation from the up to the downside. That means once 7,500 is broken, could be tomorrow, could be a month from now. I have absolutely no clue when it's going to happen. All right. Um, if, if the 50 week moving average is right in the vicinity of 7,600 when we break, now there's absolutely no support whatsoever between $7,500 area and the $5,000 area. It's pretty much a straight shot down, okay? Um, so you got to be ready for that, right? Either mentally or trade-wise, you got to be ready. I'm ready for it mentally, uh, but if you're an active trader, which is probably one of the reasons why you watch this channel, uh, you need to be ready for it pro with proper stop losses, with proper... Uh, leverage set and with proper position size. All right, let's move on to the daily chart. Um, the daily chart looks a little better than when I opened it like 20 minutes ago. Uh, we'll take a look at why that is when we go to the more detailed view. Now you can see, I'm, I'm only going to take a quick peek at the RSI and the MACD 
In fact, I'm just going to blow them up. Um, so here is the RSI. I don't even need the price, right? Like um, I should probably do this more often. We can now adjust this line on the, on the RSI. Um, you know what? I'm actually... thinking of the best way to draw this. I don't have a great way to draw this guy. I really, really don't. Either I draw him this way, uh, in which case I have two humps above the line, or I draw him this way, and then I have two humps below the line, or I draw him like this uh, with one below, one above. I'm going to draw him like this, all right? Um, no matter how you draw it, it doesn't look very, very clean. Um, now, the RSI... Uh, I don't talk about this stuff much, okay? Now, the RSI, uh, doing technical analysis on momentum indicators is not much different than doing technical analysis on anything else. Um, there you go. Uh, so, therefore, if the RSI is going to consolidate into a nice uh, little triangle, you once again will have a situation. Why did I just get an alert? I don't remember putting alerts on. Okay, let's uh, delete this thing. Must have must have clicked something. Um, all right, let's get back to this. Um, you know, this can be a triangle like anything else, all right? And then the RSI is going to dip, all right? So let's see if we can consolidate. Remember, this is daily, right? So we can consolidate into the middle of April um, and let's see what happens, all right? If the RSI consolidates, breaks this line, goes below 30, all right? That's RSI. Let's take a look at the MACD. Um, again, I have this bullish trend line in the MACD. Um, I, I don't mind this trend line. Uh, what we have is something like this. It seems to be reasonable. Now, you can say that the MACD is going up, but the RSI is doing the same. That doesn't mean anything. You can see that the daily uh, MACD has once again crossed to the downside, which is not very good. This situation reminds me of this situation that took place January uh, around the week of January 6th. And then this situation that took place around the week of January 30th, okay? So if we compare these guys, looks like a nice fat drop. You can also see your first um, MACD uh, histogram hit below zero. Um, every time the MACD histogram hits below zero, it seems to go, you know, down for quite a bit. I mean, this looks like about, a, um, um, you know, like an eight, nine day, drop this uh, looks like about the same right these are all daily uh i'm not even looking at the price here i'm just looking at the macd again stuff i don't do very often because i've been telling people here is my list of importance when it comes to technical analysis uh i should i'll, I'll write the I'll, I'll make like educational videos soon uh might be paid content not free content but uh i mean it goes like this candlesticks ca candlestick shape number one Chart patterns like triangles and cup and handles, number two. Um, the 
the TD indicator or my version of the TD indicator, number three. Um, after that, we talk about moving averages and trend lines. Um, that's, number, that's number four. And then number five, uh, we get to uh, is, um, uh, again, so, so, so basically my educational tools, I'm going to go back to it for a second. It's not really in order. It's an order of learning this stuff. It's not really in order of using this stuff, right? So for me, candlesticks is number one. Uh, number two for me uh, is chart patterns, which I'm educating is number three, but it's second most important. Third most important for me personally is um, the times the time analysis, uh, which is the TD and the TI, my own version of it with slight changes. That's number three. Number four. Now we go to uh, horizontal uh, trend, um, you know, horizontal support resistance, uh, angled trend lines, and curved moving averages. Okay, I mean you can throw Bollinger bands in there. Uh, I mean you can throw Ichimoku in there if you like it. I don't. Uh, you know, pivot points and all this other stuff, right? Um, so, so that's number four for me. Not number, and, and then we have uh, number five. Uh, I would, and you know what? In number four, I would probably put Fibonacci in there as well, because to me, Fibonacci is horizontal support resistance. Um, so maybe I should have had them in one section. And then number five is momentum indicators, all of them, MACD, RSI, Stochastic, Stochastic, RSI, CMF, CCI, ADX, and God knows what else, you know, um, the Williams indicators. That, I mean, there's like thousands of them, right? So that's the order in which I find things to be important for my trading. Elliott waves I don't use, uh, you know, like creature patterns I don't use. That's like the bats and uh, I don't know what else is there. Uh, or are they? Um, I call them creature patterns. No one else does. The bats, the crabs, the butterflies. Uh, I don't use any of that stuff. Wedges. I don't use wedges. Um, head and shoulders. I don't need to use because if it's head and shoulders, I have uh, other metrics like cup and handles and everything else that tells me that, uh, that that gives me the same target areas. You know, so so I don't I don't bother extending my. Uh, my analysis that far backwards, head and shoulders, right? That's the general background. Uh, you know, so anyway, so I don't look at MACD much, but the MACD does not look good, okay? Um, now let's go to the important stuff. Uh, also notice how I didn't mention volume. Volume is kind of like a, a side thing. Um, sometimes I talk about it, sometimes I don't. I understand how to use volume. I just think it's very complicated, especially for non-advanced people. Uh, Here's the daily chart. Here's what I've wa I've been waiting for from the daily chart to be um, to, to be completely certain that the bear is gonna take over. I needed an opening and a closing candle below the trend line. Now remember, the trend lines are not the most important thing for me. The trend lines are coming in at number um, four importance, right? Trend lines are coming in at number four. Candlesticks are coming in above that. And uh, chart patterns are coming in above that. Now, this is a quasi cup and handle, which is a chart pattern, which is bearish. Um, the candlesticks are also bearish because look at yesterday's candlestick. It was a straight shot down closing near the lows. Now, today's candle 
has a chance of closing near the highs, but somehow um, I'm not feeling it, right? Because we, we opened up the lows, obviously, we traded lower, we bounced off a double bottom on a smaller time frame, I might add. Now, yesterday you had a new swing low close. It wasn't as low as the three closes around the first week of February, but it was uh, the first, the, the lowest low since then. So we have just taken out the previous swing low that took place in the middle of March. That is bearish. Also look at the time indicator. We are on a five of nine looking for a nine. Now, I guess the only little uh, bright spark here is that you have completed on the sequential 13 that came from the nine that the, the bearish nine that completed your downswing uh, back in February. So there was a nine uh, the day after the February $6,000 low and that nine kicked off a countdown and that countdown has just completed. But here's the problem. In the completion of this countdown, you have started a brand new countdown because you had another bearish nine on the 14th of March. So tomorrow, if we have a bad day, um, you're going to see what number? One, two, three, four. You're going to see a red five. Or if today uh, we close below 8,130, you're going to see uh, like a red five or something or whatever it is. Yeah, red five on the countdown. And the countdown goes to 13. Now, here is something for you non-traders and those don't watch my channel every day. And thank you the 1,700 people that are watching it right now. Notice the arrows, okay? I remember this well. I know exactly when I drew this arrow. You see this red arrow? I haven't touched it. You can go and fact check me. I, like I said, I do videos every day. The day before, on the 18th of uh, March, okay, I had the, we were trading probably below the trend line and below 7,600. I'm pretty sure uh, I did a video that afternoon and we were trading in the vicinity of 7,500. And I had said, hey, I'm going to draw this arrow as of tomorrow. The reason I was going to draw this arrow as of tomorrow is because we needed to close at that $7,500 level. If we close at the $7,500 level, I expected a drop to approximately 6,500. I even anticipated where the bearish nine would be. Then I was going to expect a little bit of a correction. And then I was going to expect more downside for the countdown to 13. Now we rallied that day off of some bullshit news. So the following day, uh, I left my initial uh, prediction that, it, and I started that prediction the day after because we needed to close at the lows. We did not close at the lows, we rallied. And then the following day on the 19th, I drew another arrow to the upside into the what I, you know, anticipated to be the death cross. Now the death cross got delayed a little bit, you know, because we got there uh, fairly quickly. I didn't really count the number of candles back. The 50 day moving average had dropped those low prices around 6,000 and the 50 day moving average stabilized a little bit. 
but hey, give it a couple of more days and that you are going to get the death cross, okay? Because now we're trading way below. So I anticipated a little bit of an upswing into the resistance. I was hoping it would go higher, but I did not even going to risk that. And then I expected us to go lower. Notice how the price followed my, this projection perfectly. Also notice how there is a very high probability that tomorrow we're going to be at exactly this point in the crosshairs of my green arrow and red arrow. However, once we close below 7,500, I'm going to anticipate the same exact thing I was anticipating back on March 19th. Only now I might, uh, I'll, I'll change this later. I'm going to do it now, but I'm going to put it back. Only now I would anticipate a drop. I would probably anticipate a bounce back to the $7,500 area to retest it from the downside. And then I will uh, look for the bigger drop. So right now I am looking for um, a low below 7,500, maybe as low as 7,000 uh, possible if we don't consolidate, right? Um, it's still possible we can consolidate at 8,000 for weeks, okay? Those are my two possibilities here. Consolidate at 8,000, or if we drop below 7,500, drop all the way to seven, then bounce back to the 7,500, $8,000 breakdown area, and then continue to go lower. But uh, a little too early to tell yet, but that's where it looks like we are most likely headed. I know we're bouncing a little bit, but I really think this is short-lived unless we can significantly rally. According to the time indicator, the time to short this guy was the moment the two started trading below the one or the three started trading below the two. But according to the trend line support, you didn't have much room uh, and uh, that's why you could have looked for some support. Now that we're fully below the trend line, uh, you got a bit of a problem here because below 7,500, there's absolutely no support whatsoever all the way to 5,000. Now, yes, it can turn around at any moment, but if it does turn around at any moment, I would see it as a dead cat bounce. This dead cat bounce can take one of several forms. It can get dead cat bounce back to 7500 to $8,000 area, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, or if we fall hard enough into 6000 area, we can uh, quickly, we can then dead cat bounce into the cross of 9000 before going lower. Uh, that would be the most frustrating possible thing for traders, uh, but the market tends to do the most frustrating possible thing for traders. All right, let's look at the lower time frames and take a look uh, why we are bouncing off of this beautiful double bottom here that I never ever expect to hold. Uh, maybe I should look at the 12-hour chart first. So the 12-hour chart uh, gave us uh, also a sequential 13 uh, a little uh, about one and a half days ago. But the bigger thing is on the 12-hour chart, what you have is you know a nine. And what do I say about nines? Uh, when you get a nine, look for a short-term correction and then back to the downside. So we are working on a nine. I mean, the 12-hour chart has had its nine consecutive candles uh, of pretty much bearishness. And we can have our one to four candle correction. Uh, the And then we're probably going lower. So right now on a 12-hour chart, what I would very confidently do is I would just draw this a line right here. Maybe it's even a little too thick. 
um, doesn't need to be that thick. Um, and um, I would draw a line in this vicinity. Uh, what, is it, what, what, what does it look like? The line looks like around uh, 77.50, let's say. Let's uh, raise it up a notch. 77.60, 77.50. So that means once this uh, nine has played its course and given you like one and a half days or so, maybe two, maybe two days of um, slightly, you know, a, a minor dead cat bounce, uh, once we start going back down and we cross below the 77.50 mark, uh, that's all she wrote. Basically, I'm not a, at that level. I'm expecting the you know people to panic, and uh, I mean it'll suck for for me personally because uh, I'm holding on to my uh, I'm holding my Bitcoin. But um, but hey, that's trading, right? Once we cross this line. Uh, I'm expecting a pretty big, a pretty big drop, guys. Pretty big drop. I mean, look at the last time you had a bearish nine, right? Here is the last time you had a bearish nine. Uh, this took place on the 9th of March. And then we went up for about two days, two and a half days or so. And then we dropped and we dropped below the levels of that nine. That's exactly what I'm expecting. I'm expecting a complete repeat, right? Now, I believe this nine has played its course. Let's see, one, uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, or wait, oh, sorry, I'm off by one. Um, let me see what's going on here. Um, one, uh, if this is my sequential, one, two, three, four, um, five. This probably would have been six. Uh, this probably would have been seven. Maybe there was another nine. Um, I got to double check. Oh, I'm sorry. This was not going to be a one that, oops. Uh, no, my, my, my code is right. Uh, I'm counting wrong. Uh, this closed higher than this low. So this was not going to be a one, one, two, three, four, five, six. Right. So the 13 has completed from the, from the prior nine, but this nine, as long as we close on a nine and we have about an hour and a half to go. Uh, so it's a, a fairly good chance that we will close there. Uh, there'll be another 13 going down. So once we break this line, I'm expecting the price to drop uh, quicker. Uh, that's a 12-hour chart. Here's the four-hour chart. The four-hour chart made a low on a sequential 13, which is what it's supposed to do, even though I haven't found the sequential 13s be all that relevant. But anytime I get something with an arrow, I pay attention. Um, so... Uh, we're rallying a little bit. I think this is short-lived. Again, this is, for me, this is just another dead cat bounce in the vicinity of the lows. And uh, uh, same thing, I can draw uh, a nice bearish line uh, right here. Uh, take the ballpark of the lows. Again, the line's a little thick. Uh, let's lower that a bit. And uh, once we are breaking closing below the line uh it should be it i mean there's not going to be another 13 helping it out like there was the last time we closed below the line and opened below it um so next time we close below it again i'm expecting an acceleration down does the market have to do what i say of course not can it do the opposite of course it can you know again i'm not a psychic but uh the probability is that once we go below that line, we are going lower. This isn't magic, okay? Now, we, 
And uh, once we get to the prior low of 73, 7,400, might bounce back to that line at 78 and we'll probably go lower. Uh, again, I remain bearish here. And finally, let's take a look at the one hour chart. Um, where, when did I draw this line and how far does it go? Oh, I drew this line just now uh, because I used a one hour and a 12 hour on the same chart, probably silly of me. Uh, okay, well, here's your one hour. You had a nine with a reversal candlestick. Absolutely beautiful. Once the two started, once the red two started trading below the red one, you could have even added to your bearish positions. You can even like start to take a profit or potentially go short of a nine in combination with the reversal candle. And um, yeah, it's the same thing on the hourly candle. You know, uh, you're still going up. Uh, you still have a bullish countdown to the upside, but I wouldn't count on that. Uh, once we close below the setup trend line, the dotted green line, these green numbers will, will, will stop. Uh, once we start trading below the red, I'm expecting an acceleration down. Um, that's pretty much it. Here is the, uh, the 10-year maturity. It topped on a nine. Now we're going down. Here's the stock market. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, Van I'm off to Vancouver on Friday, guys. So I don't have much time at home. I don't know if I'll have time to prep for the traditional markets. I'll do my best. I'll try and bring you that video. Uh, but hey, yesterday we were on a nine um, after a big eight candle. Looked like a reversal to me. Now the situation is a little bit trickier, okay? We completed the nine, but we have now traded below the line. The 200-day moving average is still holding us up. Um, I have now changed my mind, and it looks like there's a high possibility that the market has some more downside in it, okay? So if you are trading this market to the upside, you need to be careful because the way I'm looking at it is I have double support, even triple support between prior lows, uh, the lows three days ago, and the 200-day moving average. If the S&P 500 trades below this line with a red two tomorrow going below the red one, I would, uh, at this point, I would treat this nine that took place yesterday, not as a reversal nine back to the upside, but as a continuation nine that's going to kick off yet another countdown to 13 to the downside. So uh, while yesterday morning, the picture looked pretty bullish, uh, right now, the picture looks pretty damn bearish. Uh, so just keep that in mind as well. Uh, so tomorrow there'll be tomorrow or Friday, there'll be several answers on the S and P 500. So right now I would be totally neutral. And if I did take the S and P 500 trade to the upside, I would have taken my loss and been out of the market right now, because there is a very strong probability that we are going to go down and accelerate down. Now, I'm sure there's going to be some idiot troll that isn't watching right now, but remembers me saying yesterday morning um, how I was bullish the S&P 500, which is absolutely true. Uh, you should have been bullish yesterday morning, the S&P 500, because it was bullish. All right. Um, and now you should be neutral. And if we go below the red line, you should be bearish. Okay. That's pretty much it for me. Um, I have gold open. I'm looking at it. I see nothing. Uh, gold is actually a bit bullish on a daily chart. We just had a green two trade above a green one. I would still wait to go above 
the Fibonacci, uh, the, the Fibonacci resistance at, uh, I, I would wait for 1400. Let's put it that way to do anything with gold. Um, it's pretty much, uh, I don't even know what the hell this is. What is that? Oh, it's my NASDAQ client. Okay. Done. Um, all right, let's get to your questions. I know this went on a long enough, uh, since I haven't said it in a while, if you like my work and you'd like to support my work, please check out the affiliates and referral section of my website, which I will, you know, make improve. Uh, I will be building out a brand new website um, for that. Uh, not, not just for this, but I'll, I'll, I'll redo the website. I'll make it a little more modern. I love my, you know, 2002 style website, but uh, maybe it is time to adopt, adapt. All right, questions. Isn't there an inverse cup and handle on the weekly chart? Uh, maybe, uh, sure. Uh, the, the thing is, right, if it is a true weekly cup and handle on a weekly chart, then the price of Bitcoin is going to be negative $2,000. Sorry, um, I, I'm incorrect. The price of Bitcoin would be negative $4,000, right? So um, while it is like up and handle, um, I, I don't really care for it on, the, on, a, on a weekly chart. You can also see it on a daily chart. The one on a daily chart is a little more, you know, clean, uh, and the one on a daily chart only tells you that the price of Bitcoin will be zero and not negative four thousand, right? Um, like, like, um, um, sure, um, you could think of it that way. I think it's too big of a scale, uh, so I wouldn't really pay too much attention to that giant cup and handle. Uh, I would look to more uh, localized. Uh, means of predicting the future of prices. Uh, next, Tone, are you going to keep your seminars same Bitcoin price when it hits lows? I hope so, because here's the problem, right? Like it costs me um, several thousand dollars to put the seminar on plus travel expenses, right? Because like I pay for the food, uh, I pay for the venue and I pay for my travel. So if the price of Bitcoin goes to $2,000 and the cost of my seminar is 0.1 Bitcoin and 10 people show up to my seminar, I'm only making two grand and I have to pay more than that. So I don't know if I'm willing to make these seminars at a loss, uh, but I will say this though, and this is going to suck for you guys. If I raise my price to let's say 0.2 Bitcoins, that price is staying forever. Uh, or at least though Bitcoin hits 100K. Uh, so you don't want me to raise that price. And I don't want to charge in dollars because I want to support the, the, the Bitcoin economy. So uh, I hope for everyone's sake, including mine, that Bitcoin does not fall below 4K, okay? Even though statistically, it can easily fall to 1,300. Um, I, I don't know what I will do. Uh, maybe it'll be a good time to transition to um, online seminars instead of in-person seminars, in which case I can have maybe 100 people uh, only charging 0.1 Bitcoin at 100 bucks or 200 bucks. If Bitcoin falls to the lows, uh, it will make sense for me to travel less because it will be uh, very expensive for me to travel uh, because I'll be borderline broke. And um, so it makes sense to transition to uh, doing stuff online. Uh, we'll see how it goes. For now, I'm, I'm, I'm staying where it is. 
Um, all right, uh, next. Uh, Tone, if you pull up the Fibonacci retrace from $2, $2, $2 or $2,000, uh, from $2 Bitcoin to several all-time highs in the past. And the last one, we always corrected to around the 78% uh, Fibonacci line. Uh, and even a bit more uh, brings us to around 4,500. Um, yeah, I mean, that. that look, um, I really like um, Tyler Jenks' work. Uh, with hyperwaves. I, I actually like it. I like watching that channel. I try to catch all of their episodes uh, with Leah. And um, I don't know. Oh, somebody asked me to do a hyperwave on NASDAQ. I, I, I can take a look at that. Um, and uh, uh, like, I mean, take a look at Tyler's work on hyperwaves. I mean, I am, I have been confident for weeks that his um, hyperwave support uh, three line is going to get broken and we're going to go down to the hyperwave two line. Uh, and his hyperwave two line, I believe, is in the vicinity of $4,000. So that makes sense. Uh, when we're getting to that vicinity, you know, um, I'll talk about my metrics as to where I see the bottom, but that makes sense. I mean, I'm sure lots of metrics will point to a bottom in the $4,000 area. And we could easily bounce from the $4,000 area because here's where we're not gonna bounce. We're not gonna bounce at 3,000 because we already bounced at 3,000. And that creates a double bottom and that's a very low probability of a bounce back to new all-time highs. Now, 5,000 is a little bit better of support than, um, then 3,000 because 5,000 has never been fully tested from the upside. After once, I mean, I don't want to scroll back on the charts. I'm just being lazy. But when we finally broke above 5,000, a couple of weeks later, we corrected to 5,100. Then we went to 7,600 and we corrected to 5,400. And then we never, and then on our recent move, we corrected to 5,900, right? So the actual number of 5,000 or just below 5,000 was never actually properly tested either. Now, when it came to the $3,000 top, when we topped at 3,000, we then corrected to 1,800. Um, then we went back up, broke 3,000, went all the way to 5,000, just below five at 49.75. Like guys, I know these numbers like the back of my hand, okay? All I've done for the last four years is look at Bitcoin charts, like uh, almost every single day. I only have time to do it once a day, which is why I can't actively trade. But I know all these numbers and I'm like almost to the day of what happened, right? Uh, I can do technical analysis with my eyes closed historically. I do need to look at today's candle to in order to project forward using today's candle, right? But um, historically, I know pretty much what happened on almost every single day. Um, so uh, it's hard for me to explain, right? Because I, like, I have so much information in my head, it's hard to always get it out. We topped just under $5,000 and corrected to just under $3,000. That was beautiful. I called that top to the day. I called that bottom to the day, okay? On the other end, when we went to 7,500, we, if we should have corrected down to the 4,900, $5,000 area, but we didn't. We still could bounce from the 4,900 
uh, $5,000 area. We could also bounce from anywhere in the $4,000 area because we have never bounced from that area before. But we have bounced from the $29 to $3,000 area before. So if we don't bounce in the $4,000 or right like a penny under $5,000, then $3,000 is terrible support. If we make it all the way down to 3,000, I will be looking for 2,000 and maybe lower, okay? So yes, I would love to see a bounce off of Tyler's um, uh, Hyperwave uh, level two uh, in, in the vicinity of 4,000 or wherever he has it, right? That would be very, very nice. Uh, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll stop there and uh, move on. At what failures of support levels would you think the, that we go from consolidation to capitulation? So uh, for those that are not very familiar with Bitcoin, with uh, trading terminology, capitulation. In fact, you know what? Uh, why don't I point you to an article? Uh, another, you know, old Bitcoin friend of mine. Uh, hmm. When did he write that article? Uh, it was back in Cointelegraph. Uh, Cointelegraph. Uh, it was an article by George Salmon. I haven't spoken to George in a while. We used to do technical analysis videos in the early days of World Crypto Network, or early days for me, uh, when I started doing technical analysis on video. Uh, George Salmon, I think it's like that. Um, and uh, Capitulation. Wrote a good article about Capitulation. Was this it? Yeah, that looks like about right. I think that's the one. Yep, 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 perfect. Yeah, so he explained what capitulation is. Maybe I'll throw this article in the bottom of my chart. It's an old article, but it's good. I mean, my articles from Cointelegraph back in 2014 are as relevant today as they were as relevant then, because guess what? Back in 2014, we were in the same exact environment that we are in right now. If you want to know exactly what I think, uh, go to my website, um, go to publications. And they're all here. I, I don't backwash any of my work. All of my 2014 articles starting in July are all here. The bear market went from the bear market went all the way into the summer. You can read all these articles. Um, and um, like some of the pictures on these articles are like literally like, like bears everywhere. Like people used to hate me for being bearish all throughout 2014. It's the, it was the same exact environment as we're in right now. And all of these charts explain it. And guess what? Look, intro to RSI, intro to MACD. Um, um, Okay, here I write, don't blame the bear whale. Uh, I, like, uh, what is arbitrage? You know, is there manipulation? Uh, what are Bollinger Bands? Like these were all um, introduction to time, introduction to volume, uh, intro to trend. Uh, these were all educational articles with price projections from 2014. Uh, as relevant today as they were back then because we're in the same trading environment. All right, next. Uh, I think I'm repeating myself again. I do that quite often. Where was I? What was I doing? Oh yeah, uh, George Salmon's article on capitulation. So he writes this article um, talking about Bitcoin right here. Uh, this was um, when did he write this article? Uh, 
January 10th, right? And he's saying Bitcoin needs to capitulate. It needs to drop lower. Why is it, Why aren't there prices? Um, that's weird. Um, uh, yeah, he talks about like that's capitulation right there. Very, very good article. Um, and he wrote this article on January 10th saying uh, Bitcoin needs to capitulate before it can go higher. So let's go to the chart and take a look at what it looked like on January 10th. I'm in log scale. Excellent. Uh, this is January 10th of 2014, uh, 2015, by the way. Uh, January 10th, 2015. What do we got? 2017. Now I'm in 2016. Um, here we go. 2015, uh, January. Um, nope, that's 2016. Sorry, another year. There we go. Right, so he writes this article on uh, January 10th saying Bitcoin needs capitulation. And uh, here is January 8th, January 9th. Here is January 10th. Now it was published January 10th. He wrote it January 9th because it always takes a day to publish articles. Um, and one, two, three, on the fourth day after he wrote it, these two days right here, January 13 and January 14, are known as capitulation. That was the lowest price Bitcoin hit on the downtrend. And then there were so many articles blaming George Salmon for causing the crash of Bitcoin. It's completely ridiculous, guys. Um, it's just some traders understand. George Salmon is a CMT, so he knows what he's doing. A CMT is known as a chartered market technician. Um, yeah, I don't think he writes anymore. Um, uh, all right, next. Uh, let's talk about the next question. Oh, what, what, how did I get on this topic? Um, oh, at what failure of support levels would you think that we go from consolidation to capitulation? Well, 7,500, right? Uh, now, will that be the final capitulation? I don't know, right? Because we already had capitulation on this current run, right? Uh, we had capitulation when we hit $10,000, $6,000, right? This is also capitulation right here, right? We kind of capitulated over a week's time because, oh, or maybe these final two days, but not really, right? So this was a big drop. But now if we fall back into this area, we can do a capitulation move again. Usually capitulation move takes place at the very end. So uh, if we do have capitulation, I would expect it to go lower than 6000 uh, in a very nasty way, but then it'll eventually rebound. If you guys were there for the back in January of 2015, it was not, it was like, it was scary. I mean, the price of Bitcoin drops uh, 50% in two days, two days, 50% gone, uh, wiped out. Um, we'll be back. We'll be back. You got to be ready. You got to be mentally tough and you got to properly trade if you are a trader. Not everyone is a trader. All right, next, what do we got? Um, are the stock markets connected to the alts? No, God, no. They're not. I don't even think the stock market is connected to Bitcoin much at all. Uh, so no, it's definitely not connected to the alts. Um, all right, let's move on. 
Why are alts pumping? Are they pumping? I mean, Bitcoin is up today. Alts might be up today. I have no, I don't know. I honestly don't care. Uh, I'll take a look at Ethereum only because I get lots of pleasure when I see it go down. Um, so I hope I can be happy when I open up uh, this scam. I really hope all the people that invested in Ethereum lose all their money and their family's money. Yep, Ethereum is doing what I expected. Um, uh, it, remember, this is against Bitcoin, right? Look, Ethereum is accelerating. I, I told everyone that right here, according to my indicators, look, uh, you had a reversal candle and then you had a red two trading below a red one, below the Fibonacci line, it's over. Now you're below this Fibonacci line. I mean, maybe the 78% Fibonacci line will hold it, but or 76, whatever it's at. Um, but that doesn't really like do anything. At, I, I mean, honestly, I think Ethereum is done. Uh, this looks bad to me. Uh, I hope this thing never recovers. I hope it goes to zero. And the sooner it goes to zero, uh, the better the world economy is going to be in the future because it's a complete and utter disaster. Uh, so, um, uh, I, again, uh, if it gets to a nine, it can bounce, but uh, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I hate this thing. Everybody knows that. Uh, here's the daily chart. The daily chart is on a combo 13, probably going to do nothing. Um, the daily chart is working on its second consecutive nine. Uh, so maybe when it gets to the next nine, it can take a little bit of a break, uh, maybe consolidate. See, after this nine, it consolidated for like three or four days and then accelerated. So maybe if it gets to another nine in a couple of days, it can consolidate and then accelerate back to the downside. Um, yeah, that's, I'm not going to look at any other alts. Um, I hope B trash is down too. Uh, next, what do we got? Trading trends in the RSI is a thing, not for me. I mean, the R to me, the uh, momentum indicators, RSI, MACD, other oscillators, you know, ADX, CCM, uh, uh, CCI. I mean, uh, I I don't I don't care for them that much. I mean, I, I I pay attention to them, but I mean, look, here's the daily Ethereum, right? Here's the daily Ethereum. Look, the RSI went over sold on what day on the 17th um here is the 17th on 17th it went over sold it closed that day at 0.07 today today the rsi is at 0.056 right and i'm pretty sure it's going to get to 0 0.055 uh or 0.05 uh on this swing down so that means the rsi uh that, that means like the rsi went oversold and then the price of Ethereum dropped an additional. So what is that? Twenty. Um, so what is that? We're going to talk about two on of seven, right? So it, it fell an additional thirty percent after the RSI went oversold. Like I don't find these momentum indicators to be all that useful, right? I, I mean, you have to wait for it to come out of oversold. It, it's totally useless right now. It, it, like the RSI and the MACD are useless ninety percent of the time. Uh, which is why I don't really use them in my trading. Uh, I mean, volume is borderline useful, uh, but uh, it's just useful for informational purposes. Uh, I wouldn't base my trading off of volume. Uh, I just like, you know, pay attention to it. Uh, all right, next. Uh, 
Tone, are you aware that $50 billion was injected last Sunday when Bitcoin rallied? How is the G20 News responsible for that? Uh, it doesn't make sense. How is that possible? What, what do you mean? I mean, any news that uh, people perceive as being good news, they will go into the stock. See, here's the thing, right? When you have, and, and me and Tyler talked about this. There was a video from like a week ago or so uh, off of that news, off of that bounce, uh, where me, Tyler Jenks, and Leah uh, talked about this stuff. See, when you are in a bear market, and we are in a bear market, folks. If you haven't figured that out yet, you should not be trading. We're in a bear market. When you're in a bear market, no good news will ever reverse that market. Any good news in a bear market is just a dead cap bounce. It's a short-term bounce that is not going to... Uh, I mean, news does not reverse markets, period. No, it, news does not reverse uh, bullish markets. News does not reverse bearish markets. The markets end when there is nobody left to buy at those prices and when there's nobody left to sell at those prices. Okay, that's when markets reverse. Now, after markets reverse, good news continue to pump and bad news might create short-term pullbacks. That's all it is. So yeah, if some people, you know, uh, overestimated the news out of the G20 and put $50 million into the Bitcoin price, guess what? Uh, they're about a day away from being scared shitless and potentially reversing those trades and getting out, hence causing capitulation. This is how you get capitulation. You get these people buying in the dip too early. So these guys with 50 million buy in. Um, let me go back to the daily chart. Let me close Ether, right? This is how capitulation happens, right? You get this news. When was this news? Here's the bounce, right? So a bunch of money gets injected into Bitcoin uh, between the price of 7,300 and 8,200, let's say, and more money gets injected the following day, right? So all of these guys buy in. We go up. We did not even make a higher swing high. We go back to the area of where all these guys bought all that Bitcoin. Now, it depends what kind of holders they are. If they are long-term holders, if they are like, if they're long-term holders willing to wait through a bear market, they will sit on these positions. But if this was a trade, if this was a short-term trade, if this was a one-month trade, two-month trade, <coughs> or if this was an anticipation of a total reversal of trend, these guys that bought in are not going to sit around on a losing position. They are, a, they are on the verge of selling everything that they bought a week and a half ago. So that's what causes capitulation and these giant drops when these guys that bought in incorrectly have to exit because they cannot take a loss because this was not intended to be a long-term position. Now, I don't know what kind of position it was. And this is where volume can trick you. You may think this is good positive volume for the long-term, but if these were short-term trades, they're about to go in the opposite direction. Okay, you're about to get volume that's this and bigger because once it goes lower, then the, maybe the people that bought uh, at the $6,000 uh, 
uh, rally, expecting a long, uh, expecting a medium-term trade, are now going to be. Oh, we're not going to take a loss on this trade. We are also going to sell the moment it gets to s- below seven thousand dollars or below sixty-five hundred. And this is what causes capitulation. All the big buyers from the last couple of rallies end up selling because they don't want to take a chance. They weren't ready for long-term holding. All right. Uh, and then eventually there's nobody left to sell. The market reverses and everyone that buys continues to make money. Uh, but you don't know when that is. Nobody does, right? I'm just trying to teach you guys about markets. And there's no, and I think people have finally learned after being idiots around 13,000 telling me that, oh, we're creating a base at 13,000 to go up. And I said, no, we're going way down. Then they said, hey, we're consolidating around 10,000 to go up. And I said, no, we're going way down. This time around, we're consolidating around 8,000. I don't see anyone telling me that this consolidation at 8,000 is good. So perhaps people have finally learned their lesson of what it means to be consolidating uh, come in a bear market. Um, I'm not happy about this. I'm just here to educate. Uh, all right, next, what do we got? Um, I, th- I think we're gone for an hour. I'm just going to finish these questions, Corey. So no more questions, please. Um, trying to keep these videos reasonable. Uh, next, I got two questions left, guys. Uh, you think Bitcoin is correlated with the stock market? No, I do not. Uh, but you, uh, oh, uncorrelated. Yeah, yeah. You think Bitcoin is correlated with the stock market? Yes. Uh, but you also say if the stock market crashes, people won't have money to invest in Bitcoin. Doesn't this make them correlated? Yes, it does. Um, it's uh, Bitcoin is going to be correlated with the with the market, with the stock market, because they are both speculative investments. So Bitcoin is correlated with the market on a, on, a, on a big scale, but not on small scale. So it's correlated with the market on weekly and monthly scale, but not um, on daily and sub-daily scale, right? So if anyone is showing you correlation between the stock market and Bitcoin over, let's say, a one-month chart of daily prices that's really i don't believe that um i but hey the stock market has been going up the last nine years and what has bitcoin been doing the last nine years it's been going up okay uh let's see what happens when the stock market goes into a true bear market like we had in 08 and uh like we had in uh you know 2000 right we'll see what bitcoin does uh but generally uh yes they're correlated on a macro scale, right? Like, for example, if there is a big natural natural disaster, like if the world gets hit by a big meteor, uh, let's say if another a giant volcano like, uh, you know, uh, a Toba or one of the other or Yellowstone blows up, right? And like wipes out, let's say, 20, 30 percent of the world population. Uh, I mean, the markets are going to uh, be in the dumpster. Uh, and so will probably Bitcoin, right? So they're correlated on these massive giant scales, uh, but not on a short-term scale. And again, my opinion, uh, final question. Tone, uh, do you think you can get Tour de Meester on for a talk like you did with Venzen? I think so. I think I can get Tour. Um, I'll reach out to him. That's a good idea. I, I should get Tour on. Um, um, yeah, uh, that, that's a good idea. It would be nice. Uh, I'm traveling the next four or five weeks. I'd rather, you know, get tour on while I'm home with my, you know, nice setup. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, that's a good. That's a good idea. Uh, it, it will be a very good chat 
with tour um all right guys um on this note i'm gonna call it a day um if you once again if you like my work and you like to support my work uh please check out the affiliates and referral section of my website uh to my current knowledge and understanding uh, none of these referrals are scams or ponzi schemes uh and a lot of these are discount codes like i uh, say 50 percent on vpn services uh, this is one way you can support my work, especially if I go broke with the price of Bitcoin going where I expect it to go. Um, and, uh, thank you. Thank you for watching. I will stop screen share and I will see you all in the next one. Time for me to rest and get some food. Um, I think it's about three or 4 AM in Ukraine, uh, where I just flew in from and, uh, Oh, I got my new miner. I'll be talking about that tomorrow. My, my, my new miner came in. It's not a Dragon Mint, though. It's another Canon Avalon miner. I'll talk about that tomorrow, guys. Uh, and I'll see you all tomorrow morning for uh, Bitcoin Morning Brief with Leah and probably Giacomo. But Jimmy will be back. Haven't lost him forever, as far as I know. Uh, all right. Talk to you all. In